Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome to episode 14 of the AI Comic Pod. We are going to be doing something a little bit different today. We are, of course, going to be doing Daredevil Season 2. We are joined by Kalon again, who has come back. How are you doing? Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm really looking forward to it. It's a pleasure. And, of course, Rory is with us, but Rory's feeling a little bit ill today. I am, but I'm soldiering on. Yeah, because Rory is wearing the official AI Comic Pod trooper hat today because he's such a little trooper. (laughs) I'll take that. Yeah, I'm going to have to now, I've just realised, I'm going to have to now actually get a hat because otherwise I'll be a fraud and I don't want to be a fraud. (laughs) Anyway, uh, because Kalon's already been on and because he's already done a quiz and got a pretty reputable score, uh, let me see, what did you get? Are we free? Free out of five? Three. Three. No, I got yeah. three. Yeah, three. Three's not bad, but we we, we didn't. Three. You know, it was great. Score. It was great. I didn't mind it at all, as long as it wasn't what gags got. I was fine. Oh, see, I wasn't going to mention. And it. it's not, what did we get? Minus two. Did we get minus two last we week? Mi- Each we got, oh, the most ridiculous two, quiz. Yeah. The most ridiculous quiz ever produced. Yeah. And <laughs> thanks for that, Joe, as well. You bastard. Yeah. Still not coming on, mate. No. Still not coming. <laughs> <laughs> So we're just going to go. We, we, we're just going to have to go straight into Daredevil season two. Uh, just before we do, though, in very related news, which is slightly unlike us, we finally got confirmation that the Punisher has been greenlit for his own series. It's been talked about since before Daredevil came out. Pretty much as soon as they started filming, as soon as anyone saw John Bernthal in character, there was conversations about apparently Netflix were really into it and they really wanted to get him in. Well, within the last week or so, it's now actually been rubber stamped. It is happening. 
when it's coming out, we don't know what the format's going to be, if there's going to be any major villains, if it's going to tie into the rest of the Netflix universe. We've got no idea. All we know is it's happening. And that seems like a really good place to start off because the, the major thing that everyone wanted out of this was a really good Punisher. So, Kay, why don't you start us off with your thoughts on the, the way the Punisher's been portrayed in Season 2? I just think it's just another absolutely huge rubber stamp to the writers of Daredevil because uh, we mentioned it in, in Season 1 how how we had Wilson Fisk and how his character was developed and how he wasn't just this thing that we saw. The first time I saw Wilson Fisk, when I, I really, you know, was exposed to his character it was really the Spider-Man animated series, <laughs> which right. was, you know, was a little bit silly actually, but um, but the way he was portrayed there was a little bit like the comic books, which is which is this sort of one-dimensional. I want power. I need power. Everything everything has to revolve around that. I am a force unto myself. And Daredevil brought out something completely different. It was a layered character. He had reasons and he had ethics, and he in some way was savable you know you, you could see things his way and when this punisher came out oh my god i've been following this actor for a while i saw him first in a, a sitcom called uh, the class i think it was really really long time ago and i've always remembered him from them because he was just this really amiable guy in there and uh, he pops up again in um you know he, he becomes more increasingly more action-based there was a movie with the rock and he was in the completely rock that movie but in this one, he comes and the Punisher is just this thing. It's everything you could absolutely ever want from him. I'm not surprised it was the the new series of his was, was a rubber stamp today because, my God, as soon as you see him, as soon as you hear him speak and life is breathed into his character, all the things that has happened, you can do anything to this character. He has so many. It's, it's an infinite amount of opportunity you have with this character because he's perfect he reminds me of um he reminds me of a quote from a terry pratchett book where a cop is standing over a bad guy and the he's got a crossbow and he's pointing it at the bad guy and the bad guy goes ha shoot me you know end it and the good the cop says you know mate what you should wish for is you should wish the person standing over you with with the crossbow is a bad person is an evil person not a good person because an evil person will stand there and say things like, Oh, this is my plan or this is why I want to take over the world or he'll gloat over you. A good man would just kill you and not think about you again. You would be an afterthought, a footnote. That is dark. And that is exactly what the Punisher is. That is, it was so intense. Everything was just so amazing. I mean, I love the character. I just love it. That actually gave me a chill just thinking about that in my head. That's really dark. I like it. <laughs> it's incredibly dark. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think I think that pretty much sums up the Punisher very well. I mean, it's it, it's something that we've talked about doing. We are at some point going to do a podcast that's going to try and examine the the inner workings of the anti-hero mind, and I'm not going to lie, it was very much motivated by Deadpool and Punisher coming out very very close together and both having that mm. that really dark fucked up mindset where they're they're too bad to be good, but too good to be bad. So they sort of sit in that, that grey area between. Uh, Rory, have you got anything to add? Uh, read John Bernthal's Punisher? Yeah, I mean, John Bernthal for me is... I keep talking about it in every pod we do, even if it's completely unrelated to Daredevil. <laughs> the, best, the best cast 
person in anything I'd say in the last kind of decade, which is quite a bold statement, and and I'm known to make a few, but I genuinely do believe that he is he was the perfect perfect actor to play the role. Anyone that's seen The Walking Dead, which we're obviously big fans of on this show, uh, will know he, how good Petrelli he was uh, in, in that series. Um, for, for two series of that and he's a very dark actor you know I don't think he's ever done a, a rom-com or anything in that form in his life so he's very much a kind of heavy actor normally plays oh well he's in Fury he's really good in Fury but he plays a bastard in that mm. he plays a drug dealer in every other film he's in um, <laughs> he's always been a bit part kind of actor and I think the reason I was glad he was in this, and to an extent Walking Dead, which has pushed on his career a little bit, um, is because I thought there'd be a prospect of getting a Punisher standalone if he played it as well as he's going to play it. And, and luckily it, it got agreed upon because I, I just can't wait to watch that. He, he, in every scene he's in, he steals it. And mm-hmm. I think there's very, very few actors. There are some. Um, and we've talked about it in certain films and stuff, but um, there's very few actors that, that basically, you know, keep all the focus all on them whenever they're on, you know, whenever they're they're on 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 screen. And he's just he's just excellent throughout, and he sets the tone so early for how it's going to be as a series. And I loved having Daredevil back. It's the darkest, grittiest, you know, adaptation of anything probably going at the moment, and it's it's just wonderful. And he plays such a huge role in this series. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I I loved the fact that he didn't say anything for so long. It, it felt like an eternity waiting for him to just say something, but he didn't need to. You know, his first introduction when you see him shooting up that that clubhouse. What what does he possibly need to have said? There's no words that could convey what's going through his head, rather than a bullet going through somebody else's. And that really was a brutal scene, wasn't it? You know, they, they pulled no punches. There was, you're not just seeing people being killed. You're seeing a massacre, a genuine massacre with absolute just brutality everywhere. And when he does start talking, I, I did sort of look at him a little bit like Shane. And since I've started reading the Walking Dead comics, they've actually toned Shane down massively. But thankfully, they haven't done that with with uh, the Punisher, they, they have got Frank Castle every bit as dark and as gritty as I expected it to be, if not more so. I was worried that they might tone it down a little bit, but true to Netflix form, they didn't. They've just gone straight in there. They've pretty much taken him straight from the pages. Uh, I, I remember saying in one of our previous pods that I, I, I read a little a little uh, transcript. of it. He was on one of the late-night shows, John Bernthal, and he said he went into a comic book store and he came up to the counter with a stack of Punisher comics to do research. And the guy was like, no, you don't want these ones. And the guy sort of took him away and handpicked a bunch of different stories for him. And it's clearly worked because if it, if it was a character that he didn't know much about, whatever text he's been given has clearly put him on the right path. I, I don't know whether I'd whether I'd say that it's my, my all-time absolute favourite bit of casting, but... I'd certainly say it's top three or top five. I, I can't think of anything that John Burnfall could have done to, to flesh out the character a bit more. Can, can either of you think of anything he could have done differently to, to better it? Just to, to add, I mean, I thought he was, he was brilliant. And the, the reason for this is I thought very easily we could have taken the Punisher 
and they could have made a type of Charles Bronson, Dirty Harry type of type of character. He just comes in, he just shoots. That's what he does. That's that's the entire thing. But uh, and this is the thing that they've done with Daredevil. People are central to everything, and it's not not the person's life; it's the people around them. And uh, and that that sort of that orbiting, that constant orbiting. I mean, the trial when Punisher was in that was that just you know the amount that they added to the character i mean there's i think the quotes were basically there was no tomorrow for him he's stuck in that moment basically lives it over and over and over again and um the other quote is sort of like i've come here not to wage a war but to win one frank castle's not winning any fucking war frank (laughs) castle is waging war that's all he's doing he wants to wage it every day and uh, i mean honestly he's it would be very difficult for me to say that he didn't absolutely steal uh, the entire season for me, just because every time he's in there, every dialogue, every scene he's in, it he, he absolutely energizes everything. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that was fair comment. I I expected, I expected more from Electra than I did from uh, from Dead mm. from sorry from Punisher. I thought Electra was going to be the the show stealer because she she's a very striking character. She's you know being portrayed by an incredibly beautiful actress, um, Elodie Young, and. I, I expected more from her. I thought she was actually a bit of a disappointment. I, I really didn't think Electra came off that well. She just kind of came off as being just a bit of a snotty rich girl with a bit of a you know a bit of a death wish. And she she didn't for me she didn't come across properly as you know what she is, which is a genuine just diehard assassin. She is a proper assassin. She lives to kill people, and I'm not sure that they put that across very well. What do you think, Rory? Were you were you satisfied with Electra? No, to me, she was the one let down of the, the series, actually, because we, we joked a lot about Foggy in the, the last series, but this one, in fairness to me, I did have some redeeming features um, and some good lines in there, but Electra's character, yeah, I I was the same as you. I just saw some stuck-up rich girl, to be honest. I mean, her, her fight scenes were good. She Honestly, you know, really technically good, as you'd expect, but it, it just... I didn't quite... She's not a likeable character, so you're not rooting for her in that sense. But then she's not... You know, the Punishers shouldn't be a likeable character because of the fact of what he's doing, but then it, he is because of the way it's portrayed and you know his kind of backstory. Hers, there's nothing there to kind of connect with me, so I, I was left pretty cold by Electra. But she still has quite a prominent role to play in terms of the way the series you know, plays out and develops in the storyline. So obviously she had to be included, but I do think they could have done that part a little bit better. Yeah, I'd say that's a really fair assessment. That the like, like you said, you're cheering for the Punisher because at first you start off and you're thinking, oh well, what the, the, there can't be anything that could have happened that could uh, that, that could make this okay. What he's doing, he's a mass murderer, blah blah blah. But then, as Kay said, when you start hearing some of that text in the courtroom about he lives this nightmare every day, and he's he's stuck in that permanent fight or flight moment. You really, it really humanizes him, doesn't it? He starts off as the monster, but then he just becomes the human, and then you realize he's broken. He's just a man. He's a man who lost everything, and this is all he's got. The only thing he's got left is the ability to just try and equalize things a little bit by pulling away some of the scumbags. Electra had none of that. She's come from a privileged background. They then touched very, very briefly on this mystical idea that she is this ancient force of some kind. I don't know how that's going to pan out. I I didn't expect them to go too heavily down the mystical route on Netflix, but 
they've sort of backed themselves into a corner now. Kay, <laughs> um, anything on, on Electra? Yeah, m- mostly I agree. I think for the first, she was... It was, I think, apart from the first sort of the last sort of three episodes of the season, really, I just wanted culturally how we could put this character together, and I couldn't understand it. Just like Rory was saying, I, I didn't understand how they had cast this person to do this and what her motivation was, where she was coming from. It, it started making a little more, bit more sense when we see the scene with Stick sort of giving her to the ambassador, to you know, and, and then. It sort of comes together as she understands her role and this is all one really big uh, sort of act that she's putting on. And I, I did think in the last sort of three episodes, she became a little bit more of a complete character in that we didn't have to worry about the rich stuff. And we didn't have to worry about her running around doing all these fancy lardy dardy things and wearing the dresses. I loved her accent. I, I thought that was, that was a really nice touch, but I will disagree with Rory, but I, I thought the fighting let her down quite a lot. The, you know, we have a couple of scenes in, in Daredevil season two. So one is, you know, one is the jail scene. Uh, oh, extraordinary, God. extraordinary, fucking ridiculous in its intensity, in its ferocity, in its absolute aggression. Um, just and blood all think, over the place. Absolute. When you think that this is basically a Disney production, it, it's Marvel under the <laughs> Disney umbrella. And a lot of people, I do remember, re- that there's been a meme produced about it, and it's it shows dead, it shows Punisher, sorry, covered in other people's blood. And the, the headline is something like when people think that Disney were going to tone down the Punisher or something like that. But the, the, I didn't think you would tone it down to the point where he wouldn't stab people. But when he's, he, he's taken the knife through his arm, when he blocks with yeah. it, and then he's, he's not just stabbing people. He's going to town on him. He's stabbing him a dozen times in the gut. They're not just dead. They've become piñatas and... Oh, that that scene was gross <laughs> and brilliant in equal measure. It really was stunning to watch. And even better was the fact that they were all wearing white. Yeah. Because nice. then you yeah. really, really see the blood. If they'd been wearing orange or black, it would it maybe wouldn't have had that that same impact. But when you see him, he starts off white and then two and a half minutes later he is he's practically wearing the Daredevil's costume, isn't he? He's just red head to toe. <laughs> He's covered in cuts and bruises and ah, oh, just stunning. And you know, when you when you rewatch that scene, as he walks into it, he's got this look on his face. And the first time I watched it, you, you think that oh, oh man, I'm in a bit of trouble here, and I've got to I've got to fuck someone up to get out of it. And when you watch it again, he's sort of it's almost like going, oh, you poor bastards. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of like yeah, <laughs> I've got to break you all. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like yeah, you guys are outnumbered because there's only one of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that was, he's just I mean, an, was, he's an absolute machine. Yeah, he's an absolute yeah. beast. I think, in my defence, I'm comparing her action scenes to that of Jessica Jones slightly. So you know, yeah. there's okay. elements. Sure. You know, yeah. I, I get, I get that she doesn't raise levels of the fight scenes within the the actual yeah. series, but I didn't think her fight scenes were flawed. I think her. A martial arts training is uh, good, but yeah, yeah you, if you're talking in terms of the the grandeur of the action, then that's the one. And obviously, we're going to mention uh, the uh, one where he's he's going through the apartment block and and going down all the flights of stairs. I would imagine. As yeah, so that was that was the other one. But the the difference in Daredevil and especially the choreography is that good choreography it physically tells a story. It's a thing that happens. So at the end of Daredevil season one, when he's fighting Kingpin, for example, 
he completely reverts. He forgets all his martial arts and everything like that. He starts boxing in the middle of that scene, which is, you know, absolutely insane. He, he, he stops everything. He stops kicking. He stops jumping. He just, he just stands there and, and tries to jab, you know, he tries to jab the kingpin, which, you know, is, it was pretty extraordinary. And, and then you have these, these really, um, you know, these uncut fight scenes by uncut. I mean, uh, the single shot fight scenes and, the um, the long exposure where there's not a lot of yeah. where, where there's there's lots of moves between cuts in in scenes, and I thought I didn't really you know I, I I was everything was fine with me I thought Electra was coming along fine and then they showed younger Electra, and whoever that person is whoever that actress is was wonderful she she was she really she was killed it brutal. you know she was I mean unbelievable she's so young she was doing all that stuff and it was absolutely amazing and there again. Now you're getting 10, 12 moves in a scene, whereas Elektra is using three or four, you know, and, and, and that Very happens true. right up to the end. The Nobu fight, you know, it could have been, I, I actually think they might have toned it down for Elektra. But I, yeah, I mean, I'm saying all the bad stuff, but um, I did like the character. I think they've got a lot more in store for that character. And I think that's one of the things that typifies Daredevil season two. It, it happens in the Marvel universe where you're not, you, you know, whole movies come up where, where especially the second in, in installment of a trilogy, where you're not, the writers are not sure whether to advance the plot or to stitch things together so that you have enough bridge from the from the really awesome first movie to the really awesome last movie. And I thought I thought this happened sort of in there. There was a lot of things that were happening in there. I thought the defenders were creeping in and sort of stuff like that. And they had to really balance these two things out. So I don't want to be too harsh on that. I think that I, I think they are big things, and I do think we are judging this series by its insanely good first season. So I, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't want to be too harsh on it. I, I think I think that's a really good point because if you look at the the MCU and we've we've. Uh, except yourself, me and Stu been very excited about Civil War. No spoilers at all. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I've very much enjoyed it. But uh, a film like that, which it, it successfully and that's that's well well noted, um, meshes a lot of characters together. Um, and, and and we've been looking. Everyone's been talking about Iron Man being released eight years ago, and you can see the development. I think those films, when you revisit them, almost hold a, a stronger meaning because of what's come after it and, and the development of mm. other areas. And I think when you look at this and obviously Jessica Jones ties in and then, you know, obviously the overall picture, the defenders and, and the other two series that's come through it, then you'll look back and go, yeah, you can see why they've done that. And, and the whole, it, it, it's planned with more in mind. Um, and that's why we say that, that Netflix is particularly, you know, while producing series because mm. you know it's a it's a it's a longer game you know as much as this is a wonderful wonderful standalone kind of program it's still it'll feed into something much bigger which is you know greater than the sum of the individual series which is bloody exciting because they're all very good so far yeah that that's a really good way of looking at it the idea that the that the sophomore series serves more of a purpose of advancing the plot line and it did i mean it, it explained a lot more about the hand we learned a little bit more about Stick because after the first season, we didn't really know much about Stick, did we? And we, we've got a little bit more now. Mm. We, we got the childhood Electra stuff, which I, I'm the same as UK. I thought that was... I preferred the childhood scenes of Electra to these ones because she seemed more ruthless when she was a kid. So it's almost as though, I don't know, maybe through her training, she's learned restraint, whereas when she was a kid, it was just pure... 
I think that was the idea, wasn't it? Stick was supposed mm. to kind of lead her on a path of, of not going, not becoming that prophet, really. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He kind of knew that all along. So I think Stick was really well portrayed again. I read just before that he, he's supposed to be 90 years old and fights yeah. like a 20 year old. So yeah, he's, he's I always very, do love yeah, he was wonderful. You know? I also thought, I thought, I thought how Electra developed throughout the season was exactly what you were saying, Rory. I, I thought that the act that she had to portray of, almost like an ambassadorial role of this yeah. person who represents all luxury and stuff like that. I thought it had, it had blunted her a lot. And I, I've seen in my notes for, for sort of episode uh, 11, uh, 12, actually episode 12, I've given Electra the killer this season for the, uh, the through the eye with a, with a weapon thing. It was so brutal. It was brilliant. But also the threat of this season. So my favorite lines where she just tells Matt, if you get in my way, Matthew, I'm going to kill you too. And how she delivers that was so on point that I, I really believe that she meant it, that she was finding herself in a completely different space to what she did before. And she was going, uh, yeah, this is who I am. This yeah, is who I really am now. When, I can, when I can she cast would kill Stick. Mask. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. Before, yeah. You before, that. Yeah. before you proceed, Stu, just... Mention, just remember that Kalon said he took notes while watching this. Yeah. Is that something we <laughs> Yeah. You just, yeah, every, th- this is now two for two of you coming on and making us look and feel like the absolute amateurs that we really well, are. Well, because I'm under the weather, I was kind of looking forward to a Kalon monologue today, to be honest. So, so I'm all right with it's it. It's cool. Most people, most people complain about my monologues. So. <laughs> we like it because what we do is we just try and copy off them. We, we just like practicing the bathroom mirror, mirror monologuing about shows and films it generally doesn't work and then we forget it before we record but you know it's nice to have ambitions isn't it <laughs> uh, going back to the to the electra act that i think do you think maybe there was an element of she was putting this act on for matt as well a lot of the stuff she seemed to be doing in, in my eyes she wanted Matt to see her in a certain way. She maybe she wanted him to think yeah. that she was different and she wasn't the animal that she was when she, you know, when they break into that guy's house and she's like, "Yeah, go on, just kill him. It'll be a laugh." I think. I think the good thing with this, and we'll obviously talk about Matt, is that it really did enhance Matt's development as a character more than anything else because he was almost trying to go down the conventional route and and trying to retain his status as a a lawyer and and the rest of it but the the daredevil side of things just just crept into obviously everyday life but you know he he couldn't separate the two anymore and Electra was a big partner she was the kind of one that wanted to release that side of him and him to embrace that side of him and he lost a bit of his humanity as it kind of went on which which is good to see because I, I think they needed to to go down that route because when he's not daredevil when he's Matt Murdock, he's a very gentle kind of figure, you know, very softly spoken, um, obviously plays up to the, you know, being blind element of everything. But it, it's, it's, it, it, the divide between, you know, Matt and Daredevil, you know, became less so as it went on. You know, he, he started to rebel and him and Foggy fell out and the, the, obviously the firm kind of got to the point where, you know, couldn't continue anymore and he, he kind of forgot what he was fighting for on the other side of things. I thought she was quite pivotal in that when, when it all kicked in about halfway through the series. Yeah, funnily enough, that, that was actually the next section I was going to go to. Was we, I think we said in the first season we didn't really see much of Karen but we sort of we, we got a little bit of a taste of that there was something about her 
that we don't know about mm. and we still don't know much about her but she's got a darkness she's got something in her past that is making her a lot more comfortable doing the things that she's doing than you would expect a normal person to be and as as Rory's already said Foggy was outstanding Foggy was one of my highlights of the whole season he seems to have strapped on a pair so much so the you know the the stance he's taken with Matt where he, he's finally able to stand up and tell Matt that he's just not cutting it. He's been a shit friend. He's been a shit partner. He's just been rotten to everyone in his life, and that isn't how he should be doing it. Whereas Foggy always seems to be the passive one, doesn't he? It's always Matt's the the aggressor. It's very much, you know, Matt is the Batman and Foggy is the little sidekick Robin. But he's finally stepped into his own his own little spotlight now. Yeah, his crucial scene or one of them was was in the hospital with the two kind of Mexican gang members um, or Latino man, gang members and he mm, basically mm. talks them into, you know, keeping the peace because of everyone that's watching and the circumstance they're in. And yeah, it, it was good to see him, like you said, strap on a pair really because it, it, in the first series he was so wet and at times even this series he was, but he did have like flashes, especially in the courtroom because that was him known to kind of step up and I did love the lead into to Jessica Jones, where he's going to go and work for, I can't remember the actress's oh, name, wow. but yeah. It's, oh God. Uh, yeah. yeah. I like, I Carrie like. Moss. He's going to work for Carrie Ann Moss. He's going to go yeah. work for Trinity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Trinity, but I was trying to think of the actual actress's name, but yeah, I like, I like the lead in with that. I think it was really clever because, you know, he, he, he was a much more prominent character in this. And, you know, I think everyone needed that because he was known as being a bit of a, a really dull sidekick and he kind of got the the, the abuse he, wa- the he was series. a wet blanket he really was but it, it also I think he needed to because there certainly seemed to have been an undercurrent in the second season of Matt's dilemma you know he, he he's now more so than ever before he's really struggling to be Matt Murdock and the daredevil and he seems to have veered more off his debt he's obviously putting the crime fighting on the streets ahead of crime fighting in the courts so if they didn't do a big, I would say it's almost an arc for Foggy to have grown like this. But if they if they hadn't done that, it would have been a little bit unbelievable to to sort of think right. So you're in a partnership with this guy, and you're just happy for day after day, week after week, to just keep taking the slack. You know, he takes fifty percent of the credit, but you're doing more than fifty percent of the work. So I think they kind of had to do it. They had to give him that little breakout moment to really stand on his own two feet. And as for what happens going forward, it's sad to see Nelson and Murdoch come to an end, but I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in thinking that it's not going to be the end of them full time. Surely something's going to happen at Hogarth that's going to send him crawling back to Matt. Well, yeah, it's, it is obviously a lot to play out before that point because, you know, uh, there's a series to be involved in. Maybe you'll creep into second series of Jessica Jones, which will probably come out way before third series of Daredevil. Um, That's a good shout, actually. I never thought about that because Hogarth is obviously a heavy heavy character of, of Jessica Jones, so presumably Foggy's going to be in there. Yeah, they've got to kind of probably lead them all in, you know, intertwine them well, so I think it'd be good to see how they do that. I think, I think you know, the whole premise and, and the way it's going to go on is it's going to be awesome because, you know, I know Kay's just finished it, but me and you binged it in about... Well, you were about two days. I was about three days. <laughs> I, I clocked it. I, it, it. From the time I started to the time I finished, it was 26 hours. So I was very, it, very happy with myself. 
it's very <laughs> much revisitable though isn't it it's oh, very absolutely. much something you can go back and watch again yeah I think it's something we both talked about going back to Daredevil. I really want to go back and watch Jessica Jones because I think having watched this again, it kind of, you know, whet my appetite for that. Just seeing more in that world. I think it's it's a really great city to be set. It's really, really good. So, yeah, if you stay where you are, we'll be back in a second. You're listening to the Anfield Index Podcast Channel. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Okay, thanks for uh, bearing with us. We're back now. Uh, just before we move away from Foggy, uh, I just thought of one other thing. Could Foggy be the introduction between Daredevil and Jessica Jones? Because, of course, he knows I... Matt's secret. Maybe Jessica comes into Hogarth. Maybe he meets Jessica and, you know, she maybe makes some reference to, oh, well, you know, I've, I've heard about this other guy, you know, in Hell's Kitchen and maybe Foggy sort of facilitates a meeting. Possibly, I thought that was one of the big things of the of the of, of Daredevil season two as we went along, and that Foggy was central to every single cross series <laughs> reference that there was. Um, who mentioned Luke Cage? Was it uh, was it Claire? I think he uh, said, you know, that there's somebody else, I, I and so. uh, and he's 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 a big guy, stronger than your friend. In reference yes. to Daredevil, yeah, you're, you're talking right, about uh, Luke Cage, and obviously then his blonde girlfriend, who I can't remember her name now, sorry, but she she was suggesting you come over because there's this weirdo Jessica Jones doing the stuff, and then obviously later the law firm comes into it, but it's only going through Foggy, and that was that was really interesting. This whole thing about how the characters changed was really interesting. So, um, I mean, I know. Foggy pissed a lot of people off uh, in that he, he was he was just this wet blanket and he just nags and bitches all the time. But I thought it's really interesting to look at this idea of identity and how it changes. And that's common in everything where you have good characters that change. But this was really interesting because you have obviously with 
Matt Murdock with um, Electra. This ethical thing of of child soldier. You have it with Frank Castle as well of soldier. And the interesting thing is there is that your identity has to be completely broken down and remade into something that completely accepts killing as as a normal thing, which worked with Electra. It worked with Frank Castle. It didn't work with Daredevil. And why is probably you know in 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 this the the. There's a really cool quote from the priest about it. Yeah, I think he says, "Guilt is good. It means you're not yet finished," which yeah. is such a Catholic thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think, I think that's one of the things you know, the the influences in his in in Matt, Matt Murdock's life that means he still does these things in a different way. And this whole thing of Foggy in the first season being this completely almost emotionally crippled person he's not brave at all he, he can't do anything he just keeps on you know do it for me matt do it you have to take the lead you what argument are we going to put forward matt walk me home and all this stuff it's so interesting then that that as daredevil moves away from, as matt murdoch moves away from him and says let's foggy you have to do this for yourself and not to boast but this is something we said on the first season if more people come into it it's going to get a lot muddier for Matt Murdock, how is he going to balance it? We, we said yeah. that on the first part, yeah. so uh, so I, I just want to tip the hat off to us. Hooray. But nice, yeah, <laughs> we were relevant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and as and as that's happened, Foggy's gotten stronger, and as Foggy's gotten stronger and more independent, Daredevil got a lot more rough. Yeah, he got a lot more like, well, yeah, okay, he, whatever. He was I, able I don't to care. turn off that side of his personality, wasn't he? He didn't need to worry yeah. so much about. Well, you know, if I get the shit kicked out of me tonight, oh well, I've got to be in court tomorrow. Now he knows Foggy's gonna he's gonna take the slack for me. I'm, I, yeah. Do you know what? I'm genuinely amazed this has become the Foggy pod. It's really become <laughs> all about Foggy. No Punisher. That's done. You know, five. Oh. <laughs> Tell you what, I, I can. See but I think r- that's a really good point fo- in that in that the uh, in that Foggy Karen, the guy at the newspaper. I like the guy in the newspaper. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like him. I liked him in the first series, who was a bastard. Yeah. But actually, yeah. Yeah. It, it did it did show a kind of strong element of what real journalism is about. Um, I think yeah. Karen, obviously, is yeah. the other prominent one in this series. And I think Stu alluded that we still don't know her backstory, which, you know, she's clearly got a very messy backstory because she's not afraid to do what matters at the, you know, at the wrong time. You know, she, she really... Uh, has got that kind of ruthless streak in her eyes. And I think that's why she connected so well to Frank at times, because she could see his humanity despite all the things he'd done. And, um, and she was the only one. She was literally the yeah. only person who didn't see him as the monster. She was the only one that saw him as the wounded soldier and the, the, the grieving father and the husband. And if it hadn't been for her, she, no one else would have been able to get through to him. Would he? He would have just constantly refused help, and he probably would have. He probably would have gone to the chair or something. He certainly wouldn't have been as willing to accept um, legal help from uh, from Matt and Foggy as he ended up doing. But I still think Karen's background is going to turn out to be some kind of military or even even gang related. Maybe her father was a, a mobster or something. Because it's just it's just funny that nothing ever came of it. The series because. Yeah. You know, we're two series in, and they've hinted at it from from you know quite early on that she's not quite who she seems, and they've really not even got to the crux of it yet. I suppose Elektra and Punisher and, and bringing back in Wilson Fisk and, and obviously all the other stories that went along maybe didn't give them time. But in thirteen, is it thirteen episodes? Yeah. You would have saw 
they might have explored that avenue a little bit. So I would have liked at least one flashback yeah. to just going back to the first season. Something, the way, yeah. The way she shot that guy in the face in exactly. blood and didn't blink. Just a 30-second flashback to give us a slight hint of how she's able to do that and then go home and sleep at night would have been brilliant. Just give us one little one little step up the ladder of what the hell is Karen Page? Who is she? Where does she come from? What's her deal? I, I mean... I, I, do, I do think she's well portrayed, though, because oh, she, yes. she does have that intrigue value. And I think... Um, is it Deborah Ann Wool? She, she's, yeah. she's a pretty well-established actress in that in in television circumstances because I think she was in True Blood for for kind of many years and and other kind of and you can tell with the TV actors because they seem to know their way around it I know if that sounds a bit you know but sometimes film actors going into TV it takes them a little bit of a time to adapt to it just in terms of their acting style they seem to be trying to over mm. overdo it a little bit and I think she's just quite subtle and I think she's quite important to the story and I think you know, there's a few others in there. The DA is quite interesting throughout this one. The kind of corrupt DA that will oh, do anything man. to kind of, you know, Reyes. Reyes, that's it. Yeah, and and her her assistant or deputy is quite quite an interesting character. And obviously, they're only in it quite small sections, but they're quite important and integral to the kind of story and the way it develops because it really does become as it goes on, obviously less about the Punisher, um, more just about Matt and Electra versus everyone, the, everyone else, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's true. It just becomes, you know, those two. And I think for a brief period in the middle of the series, it did lull slightly, um, particularly the episode when they're on all the train carts, uh, Matt and Electra just fighting all the, uh, all the kind of Chinese, you know, assassins and stuff. It, it just it got a little bit slow, and then it, it picked right back up, and it, it did always coincide with when the Punisher was involved. I think that was the only concern maybe going forward. If they don't have that chief antagonist, it, it, it does kind of, I don't know, it, that's the only part of the series that, you know, when you can binge on it, it's great, because you're basically watching multiple episodes in a day well if you mean Stu yeah. um whereas if it's a week on week thing I think those kind of episodes would you know there is a little it's not a perfect series there's some great 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 elements to it. I absolutely loved it but when you do read kind of Twitter and social media and, and, and commentary on it there are a few episodes that did slump a little bit and I think they did need other areas of the story to kick back in for to make it a bit more interesting yeah the, the, the one thing I liked about that that train yard scene was it showed more of Electra's human side it showed more of her limitations because I mean at, at least Daredevil but by now obviously that she's struggling with the same things as Matt had in the first season not wearing any armor you know if somebody's got a knife and they get a little bit too close like she gets cut doesn't she she gets her arm cut quite badly whereas for him yeah. he's all right because he's got like a Kevlar weave armor so I, I must on that note. I was actually really disappointed when they went and they got her stuff done from Melvin. I was really disappointed that she didn't come out with a slightly better outfit. But he also redeemed himself when he gave him the Billy Club. I was absolutely yeah. over the moon to see Daredevil with his actual proper weapon with all the different it's things. Awesome! It's just fucking brilliant. It really is. It's one. Of, it's one of my favourite weapons out there because it's so unsuspecting. You're like, well, it's just a stick. But <laughs> all the things you can do with it. 
And you're like, well, if he can do that with a stick, God help you if he ever got his hands on a sword or something like that. And, and it was good seeing a lecture. I think was it, it might have been episode 11 or 12 where she gets hold of a pair of size, you know, the, the daggers. Yeah. Because that, that's what I always consider to be a lecture. The, the ones made Raphael. famous from the Teenage Mutant Ninja. Of course. She, she stole Turtles the idea of Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's be honest. Who's read as well. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's, there you it's, go. It's like for like. Comic pod breakthrough. Electra and Raphael are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, and you'll probably never hear it anywhere ever again. But that's the show. Yeah, for that, you, you know, we're just dropping dropping knowledge on you. You yeah. know, when we come back, like Kay revisited, you know, our, our first podcast. When we come back and do series three in two years' time, that's going to be so relevant. And there'll be a new Turtles film right out there. as well, because the second Turtles film's out this year. Oh dear God! Do they oh, have wow. to keep doing that? <laughs> is it a Michael watched, Bay movie? Is it is it Michael Bay? Again? I watched like I five minutes, ten minutes of the first one, and went, "What the hell is this appalling?" monstrosity of a film oh but then you missed a really good scene there's that one really cool I'm scene not sitting here. through 90 100 minutes of that shit for one because it was <laughs> I am was, not was, doing that they did like this little song in the middle of everything within Elevator don't there try was, redeem it don't redeem no don't no I'm re- not redeeming it I'm saying there's one scene you could probably YouTube it and I <laughs> argued with people on Twitter about this and some well respected <laughs> people I like I admire this film and I almost had to block about 10 people. It was a really tough night. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry for that slight, ta- even by our standards, that tangent was way too tangenty. Tangenty <laughs> is a real word. Well, we, we've missed some of our favorite little sections that we always do. Um, Kane's well, already had his pick of his favorite scene. I've got to go with, um, if we can't have the prison scene, it's got to be the hallway scene. That that scene oh, okay. to me, it seemed like we've obviously got the hallway scene from the, the first one, which if you listen back to the first pod, Kay does a brilliant analysis of that and the way the colours are used to, to show yeah. different emotions. This one seemed like that on steroids because now they've got it going up and down the bloody stairs. I lo- mm. I loved the way it was shot in that that, that element, you know, and it going was down the stairs. As well, wasn't it? It and now he's got the armor, he seems in, in, in that first hallway scene, he, he was obviously a little bit more careful because if somebody comes at him, like I've just said, with a weapon, he's in serious trouble. Now, he doesn't need to be so he can be that little bit more aggressive. He can punch that little bit harder because if someone comes up behind him, he's got that little bit of protection and that little bit of padding. And it, I actually want to go back and, and rewatch just that scene because that's what I did with... The other one with the hallway scene, that's the one I kept going back to and revisiting. And I've already gone back and watched the prison scene a few times because that is just, it's oddly hilarious to see that many people <laughs> getting slaughtered and taken down by one guy. And then at the end of it, he's, he's barely even panting. You know, he, he should be half dead and he's just a bit tired. So any other standout scenes from you two? I've got, I've got one, and it's it's really only very briefly, but it was just the way it was shot was incredible. It's when he discovered where the hand was based, and he was tracking. Oh, the down. manhole scene. Yes. Oh damn! It's, what a scene. He just when he drops down and he's lit in and amongst all the shadows. It was just one of the most beautifully shot scenes I I've seen in 
in a very long time. Uh, it's, I know it's only one very brief scene. I mean that 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 went on, and it was it was a really good episode towards the end of the series. But it was just it just incredible to look at, and it was very iconic. It it felt very much like a, a comic page scene, you know, straight off the comic books and yeah. that style. Because um, and when they do that, when they throw it back into being, you know, reminding you that this is a comic book you know, adapted series. I just love those kind of scenes. And there's lots of them, but that's the one that really sticks in my mind. Yeah. Any any more from you, Kay? Any other favourite scenes that have yeah, really stuck I thought, with you? Um, I thought the torture scenes were just heavy and, and, and just, I did not expect them to be in a, like a TV show. Oh, when, yeah. when, when sticks oh, and when about, you know, the one with the fingers was oh. crazy how do they show that you know and they, they're like it goes and then stick bastard uses one of those to kill someone later well I was yeah. which was I incredible mean, Jesus but, that's, but, um, that's also, what your nerves are in your fingers isn't it that's why they oh, do that oh god yeah I don't even know I, I don't even know pain in that looking scene and he's he's a tough guy stick you know by yeah. all accounts laugh through it really yeah but he oh god yeah those kind of scenes that really make your gut turn are great yeah I mean, yeah and yeah, and when they did it to the Punisher as well that was that was crazy uh, that was quite early in the season but I loved that scene because he used the coffin the top of a coffin to protect himself at some yeah. point from shots, which I thought was wonderfully ironic. Uh, and then the, the other on the roof, the scene on the roof when the Punisher and, and yeah. Matt meet for the first time is really good. Yeah, and excellent that's, dialogue. Matt's trying to make sense of his methods and, and why he's doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the Punisher keeps saying, you know, it's not for you, Red, and you know, this is my fight and all this kind of stuff. That's that's a really good scene, and that was early. I, I was. I was really excited by it because I thought the Punisher would be gradually introduced. Basically, they threw him in pretty yeah, much just started off with the it. bat. Yeah. And that's why it was like, shit, this is holding. No, this is, you know, we don't have to wait for this. This is straight away. So that was great. And then the, I thought the funnest, the funnest scene was, was Matt jumping out the window to save Claire. Just ridiculous ridiculous bravery from him just like yeah just jump out the window dive catch her somehow you know get the thing <laughs> that was that was mad I, you know again it was very well shot the quality of the scene is not something you'd really see on tv um really but and then the last one the, the boat scene uh where everything just starts going to shit because my favorite line is in there uh was sort of punishers walking around and um and going you know one batch, two batch, penny and a dime. Here I come. And I thought, fucking hell, this is great. I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> I do love, you know, with these kind of series and Deadpool's like it as well, when they basically save up all their coppers for the big explosion. It's yeah. like, you know, I know the other scenes in this this series are great, but you know when they're waiting up for their big explosion scene because the director or the producer's going, <laughs> we need the big explosion. <laughs> and it's just, it's great when that, that yeah. ship explodes and, yeah, Karen thinks he's gone and, yeah, it all kind of unravels. It's it's You know he's not dead. That's the thing about that scene. It's great. Yeah. Uh, the, it's it's like with a lot of these things that we we could probably pour over, I'm sure Kay could certainly pour over every scene <laughs> and, and analyse it in minuscule detail. Ooh, the because... Punisher scene where he reveals the, the motif, the thing. Yes. Oh, Good God. Scene. Yeah, when you see oh. him on the rooftop. Oh, and, and you what? just catch you never see you don't see the skull properly. I remember you, you tweeting about that, bit. and I was just like, "Yeah, that's... it was fucking brilliant." Because all the way yeah. through, I was like, "Right, 
all the way through season one, we knew that Daredevil was going to get his armor towards the end. We knew that Elektra was going to get some kind of an upgrade. Look, we know that Punish is going to appear at some point with a skull on his chest, so just stop fucking about and just do it now. And they left it until uh, the last possible bloody second as kept well. Kept you waiting, kept you waiting, kept yeah. you waiting. Uh, the other scene, obviously, when he confronts his old military general, who's the, you know, uh, he's the one that, you know, drug dealer and, and killed his family, essentially, who's really well portrayed. Again, he's quite an experienced actor as well. And I, I like when they use kind of experienced actors in those kind of lesser roles. But when he discovers his shed in the woods where he kills him, and the, the door rolls back and there's that armoury in front of him. Oh, and he's like, got the chain gun. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, he's happy now because he's got his armoury of guns. Um, and then they obviously starts spraying the skull on the on the body on the on the body armor, and I was just like, yeah, that's that's fucking awesome. Do you know what I mean? You've been waiting for that to happen. <laughs> that that really was seriously cool. Um, and and Kay also hinted on something before. You said you've picked your favorite uh, death. I've got to go old school on this one. I've got to pick Stick cutting off Nobu's head because you, you you can't beat stylistically it's brilliant. Yeah, you, you, you can't beat it. And Stick is. Stick's one of those characters that I love to hate. You know, he's he's so condescending to yeah. Matt. He con I mean Matt in this he must be what, mid thirties, and he still speaks mm. to him like he's a twelve year old. He's he's constantly trying it. to humiliate <laughs> him and, and you know, tell him to put his big boy pants on. But and then like you've just said with the, the, the torture you're going, Oh my god, well if you can withstand that, I think you're allowed to be a bit of a dick to people because you've clearly had a hard <laughs> life. You've had Kay, a did you just innings. imply he was Raiden from Mortal Kombat then? Was that just my <laughs> You know, you, said, you, get you, over you say that, that, you say that. I, I literally wanted to say that, that that was such a good finish by Stick. It was a Mortal Kombat style finish <laughs> ending. We are going You could off. almost see it like it could be a right. thing from now on, you know. <laughs> you could see that, actually. I don't know if I've got a kill of the series. You put me on the spot here, to be honest. I did, I, the Punisher, when he was first introduced in terms of you know that that like Stu mentioned upon earlier that that scene with all the Irish, um, and he literally just slaughtered them all. That was the way that was shot, and and some of the kills in that was just brutal. So that it, it was, was like a Family Guy was scene, wasn't it? it? Where it's one of those scenes where you think it's gone on too long, and then it carries on going and it pulls itself <laughs> back. It's like the old one of Peter Griffin where he falls over and he's hurt his knees, going ah. It would have been uh, quite, hilarious, quite hilarious if they got one of the Irish just to do that yeah. after the scene. It, it stops being funny, and then it carries on like I was going, oh, Jesus, how many bullets have you got left? Right, they're all dead. Oh, no, okay, carry on shooting. No, it's okay, this is fine. We, we've got nowhere better to be. So and we've he, referenced, right, just to put this out there, so we've referenced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mortal Kombat, and Family Guy on this, this podcast. Yeah. That is... That is epic from us. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Go- it's either very good <laughs> going or very bad going because we've got no Whatever. reference. I don't care. It's fine. You know, no. people in our, you know, in our mindset, because a lot of people have listened to these amazingly um, and still do. So they'll get it or they won't. But that's fine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's our podcast and they're still letting us do it. So we'll keep going. <laughs> so what, what are we thinking, chaps? going forward for the third season because we, we've got this idea now that, that there's the bit in the in the hospital in episode oh it was something like 9 10 or 11 when they yeah. they've got one of the one of the hand uh, ninjas on the desk on the uh, the medical examiner table and they notice the y incision and they've suddenly realized that he's been brought back from the dead 
and then we've got all the stuff with Electra. What, what's what's the, the the code name for? Is it is it Black Cloud or Black Sky? Black Sky. Black Sky. Black Sky. So they're, they're, I don't know where they're going to go with it, to be honest, because uh, you would assume that Fisk comes back into it in some process. He because must, he's got must, to be. Yeah. He, 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 you know, he looks like he's going to be the big bad pulling the strings of maybe not the entire storyline, but like we saw with the Punisher storyline, he's he's not involved, but then he comes in at a very, very crucial moment and arguably yeah. he saves the Punisher's life. Because he, oh, he, yeah. he wouldn't have lasted long. If he'd gone into general population, he's killed you, people. You've got to love his gang. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to love his scenes in the prison as well, just to put that out there. like He's eating the steak, isn't he, in his, in his full prison outfit. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, just like he's... He's in his kind of multi-million dollar, you know, flat or penthouse. It's it's quite great how he's controlling it there, and you know, I think his scenes again—they're only small in the series, but they're still very pivotal, as you said, Stu. So I think they're they're really good. I think he's got to come back into it, and I just don't know. You'd think it's got to lead in with the defendants, maybe, but obviously it'll be independent from that. So you just—it's hard to tell. Yeah, what do you reckon, Kay? I mean, I don't know if you've read much daredevil but do you see do you see a sort of particular direction for for maybe season three it's so hard i think other than Electra, it's it's really difficult to tell where this is going i think at some point we've got to get some hang on karen's life right i mean they introduced her brother a little bit and then just left her claire's got to come back because yeah she she can't be cannot gone. leave rosario dawson out oh, my god no. i will fucking riot and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she was and, brilliant uh, she, this is this is really interesting i mean it's really interesting about this whole thing the, the whole the whole concept of vigilantism and and uh, people versus duty and what line you walk on there and i think them you know it's a, it's a bit of an experiment they're chucking a lot of people in see how that muddies up the water because there's there's everything i mean we get a glimpse of Melvin having some kind of um, armor that he made for himself, which is which is interesting. We got a bit of stone in the in season one, so is that going to come into it? What's going to happen with Electra? Uh, the obviously the Punisher walks away and has that little you know the CD with Mike written on it. And I read up on that, but uh, I, I don't I don't want to say anything. I also read up a little interesting factoid. That uh, that little quote, one batch, two batch, a penny and a dime here, you know, yeah. uh, here I come. That was from a children's book. I thought it was a real children's book and I looked it up and apparently it was written just for Daredevil. Oh, so I, can't I get assumed it, it was a real, I just thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be like the American equivalent of Spot the Dog over here would be like a really common children's book. I, I assumed that was a real text. Yeah, yeah, I also did. I also assumed that completely and apparently no. Right. It's not something you could buy. So the thing that has affected the Punisher's life is not something you can buy and read to your kids. They're just deprived. Thank Christ! <laughs> I have enough problems with my children. I don't want to bring that into the equation. Yeah. Well, you, you just mentioned a really interesting one there about Melvin. I did wonder when they first introduced him if they were going to cast him eventually as his his supervillain alter ego of the Gladiator. Now, mm. if he's if he's got his suit of armor. Gladiator's armor is quite and he's basic. Got, uh, he's got his blades. We that's saw that it. in season one that, as well. That's yeah. what he's more known for. He's he's known for a suit of armor, and he's got. Um, I think he's got knives on wristbands or something. So he's very much a stabby kind of bad guy. So, <laughs> what you have different Stab, ones? Stabby Joe. You've got stabby, stabby ones. You've got guy. shooty ones. You've got blowy uppy ones. You've got jokey ones. You've got that's... Jesse. 
There's some technically, there's some incredibly technical, technical work there, mate. Well, I'm, I'm I was, I was really believing it. I was like, Stu's dropping some knowledge here. You know, let's sit back <laughs> and listen. And he drops in the stabby line. I can't take you seriously. When does anyone take <laughs> me seriously ever? Well, you're going on the made iPod in half an hour, so yeah, they better do. <laughs> well, I've spent most of today paint like decorating a room with comic book pictures, so people probably shouldn't oh. take me that seriously. Well, they should if you're on this this you know avenue. This is where you get to be. I'm going to start being stabby more now. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got so what kind, of, what kind of hero is Daredevil? Is he like a he's a, a punchy. Bonky? He's a punchy, punchy one. Punchy one. Yeah, and you've got Punisher. Yeah. He's a shooty one. He's a shooty one. And then Foggy's more like a bedwetter. Electra's Electra's definitely a bit of a stabby one, isn't she? She's very honest. much a stabby one. Yeah, and put one thing to to sort of redeem Electra. It was better than Jennifer Garner. Oh God, yes. I mean, it, it was hard. Did you go back and watch that that yes. terrible adaptation? I did. As, as the athlete redeemed himself after that horrible oh performance. Oh my God, he, he so has. He really has. I watched that with Michelle and it was about maybe five minutes in and even she was looking at me going what is this well it, it was and she felt was that the one good. with Colin Farrell who was Colin Farrell in Bullseye he played, he played oh Bullseye. god he looked he so terrible. bad it was so yeah. bad it just made him twitchy and really stereotypical and the CGI was bad at no point did that's exactly during his like drunk phase of drunk phase of his life. To be honest, I think I think the only thing the movies got right is was the suit. Yeah, the, the suit was. Uh, you very, know, they obviously good. just they, they just ripped the suit from the comic book. But I yeah. love that suit. I love the Daredevil suit. Uh, you know, the the just the the red and the, the no lines on it. You know, like yeah. just kind of thing. I must admit, uh, I think I, that's literally the only thing they got right. <laughs> yeah, because a, a lot of people have said, and I sort of agree with them now. That the suit that's in this, it's a bit too busy. It's yeah, it, I know what you mean. It looks more it, the they, helmet. They, sorry, like the helmet that before it got replaced, Daredevil just looked confused all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's he looking at you like what? He had a furrowed <laughs> like, brow. I'm going to kill you. I don't. You're sending very ambiguous messages. <laughs> yeah, <shit>. so, <laughs> you know, so I, I like that the, 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 the new helmet was much better and. Um, I thought I actually saw actors reacting to it differently. Yeah, you know, in that he was he was a lot more intimidating. It did. It so more I, I do think you're right. They they they're going through a process of change, and that's why I love this. I love this series as well. It doesn't it doesn't only matter what happens now. It matters what they're setting it up for. Yeah. And so, for example, defenders. We know that's going to come on. We know that's going to happen. Hopefully, and uh, we'll see where the plot takes us there. And I think they will bounce off that as well to see where they can take Daredevil to. Yeah, uh, one one interesting thing going forward for Defenders, I, I think we've already mentioned Iron Fist is being cast. Um, I think they've actually started filming that now. Yeah, so we, I think they're a few weeks in. I yeah, read. so presumably we, we we know we're getting Luke Cage. I think Luke Cage is due out in September. Yeah. Uh, I, I was really surprised when I watched the last episode of, of Daredevil and we got that first tra- uh, first little teaser trailer. Because that's the first official footage that they that they've released, and I think it was a very clever way of doing it. Don't put it out on YouTube. Don't put it out on Facebook. Stick <laughs> it at the end of a show because then that's going to make people say, "Isn't it?" Oh well, if you watch the last episode, you'll get the trailer, and it it, it was very good. So we know we're getting Luke Cage this year. We must then be looking 
at Iron Fist next same, year. Same time again, like March this time, you would yeah, imagine? Yeah, it, it's, it's got to be Iron Fist next year because with it obviously not being a movie, they haven't got the same level of post-production to do where it's going to be. Right, well, we finished, but we need six months of post. So presumably it's going to be Luke Cage, then Iron Fist, then Jessica Jones season two, maybe? Or do you think we'll get Defenders before? I think they'll have to put Jessica Jones in. I don't think they'd leave it past Defenders. I, I don't think, but I don't know. I, I'm the same. Yeah, you'd want, to, but you'd want a more so solid character. Yeah. I think you need some like development, that. yeah, because... I think as good as that was, and we're gonna we need to do that, but on a podcast terms. But I think it was all about and I've forgotten everyone's name, but Doctor Who. What's his name? David Tennant. Actor, as Kilgrave. Kilgrave. It was kind of he kind of stole the show. Do you know what oh, I mean? Well, and I, I did. Look, yeah, and I think guys, you know, in any any scene that he was in. He owned it. Everyone else may have just gone and got a coffee because he just destroyed everything he was in. Brilliant casting again, like we said. You know, yeah, British, Brit- British guys coming up quite strong in these series, so it's yeah. quite good. <laughs> and, and as soon no, as, you know. as soon as they they get Luke Cage out there now, they've got to start. They've they've crossed the the, the different universes. You know, Daredevil and, and Jessica Jones have briefly sort of overlapped, and now we're, we're going to see. We've seen Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, but we need to get the heroes meeting each other i mean obviously jessica and luke haven't they've nailed horrendously and broke a bed but at some point we've got to get daredevil has got to start meeting some of these people hasn't he he's got to you know presumably on some darkened rooftop in it why would you put it like that you know the internet is going to be full of threesome fan fictions now it's it's just going to be horrible Oh, we don't, don't reach that big an audience. It's fine, man. We yeah, can't start. We've, we've tried to start revolutions in the past. Stu for years. Yeah, no one listens. Come a superhero, but no one ever listens to it. We've got six fans, and I don't think any of them are that perverted. But if any of you are, <laughs> stop it. It's very wrong. Yes. You should be ashamed. <laughs> yes, have a daytime hobby. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Like get watch more comic book films. It's just strange. But at some oh, point, I've got another. I've got another reference to add to our reference list. Go on. Who I remembered? While I was watching Daredevil season two, I thought the blacksmith, his plot was so like hectic, it felt like Kaiser Soze. I was like, the shit, blacksmith. this guy is fucking Kaiser Soze. Why am I drawing a complete blank? Yeah, me too. Blacksmith was. Um, it wasn't confirmed, but a very strong implication that blacksmith was the uh, the commanding officer, Frank's commanding officer. Who was tried and then? Oh, of course it was. Right. Yeah. Kill, um, yeah. God, you lost me then. Karen, and uh, and yeah, that scene was mad. Sorry, the the one where he just shoots him. Frank Castle just shoots his commanding yeah. officer. No problem. I'm not even going to torture you. No, doof. I don't drag you all the way to the house for fuck all. I don't know whether <laughs> that was a good or a bad because I actually kind of wanted to see him exact his revenge, but I suppose what what better revenge is there than to just kill him? rather than prolonging his life. and I mean, he, he got out of him what he wanted, didn't he? He didn't need any information. And as you said before, he got the main thing he wanted, which was a fuck ton of guns. Yeah. Like, uh, like <laughs> proper military-grade enough. I, lo- I loved when that door went past, that, you know, secret door. You've got to love a secret door in any of these oh, things. Secret doors <laughs> have never led to anything bad in any TV show or movie ever. Yeah. Batman's the, the ultimate, we've got to say, right now. Mm. Yeah, Batman. Batman, Batman's the ultimate, unless you're a gun nut, in which case you, you, you're going to be pretty hard done by to beat opening a secret door and seeing a fucking minigun just gonna, sat there. 
be it's going to be a section next week. The best secret doors in comic books. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know when we're really running out of ideas. When we're really low. That secret doors in movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that that one's just ahead. At number of three, which Narnia got the best. Uh, which superheroes got the best hair? Emre Chan. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, discussion over. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think, I think discussion is over because we, as always, have spoken for longer than we planned on doing. It's an hour and five, isn't it? We're about right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, massive thanks, as always, to, uh, to Kay for coming on and yet again schooling us with his knowledge and his research and his preparation <laughs> thank you for having me on it was absolutely i don't think we're gonna bother doing it again see that's is that like daredevil's mask is it giving off the wrong impressions where you're thanking <laughs> that and then abusing him about 10 seconds later you know jesus yeah yeah that that's what it is it's like the old treat and mean keep him keen so if there's anything you need to uh <laughs> Anything you need to whore out it's there, just tough Keg, love. go for it. Not much from my side. We, we will have a couple of global pods coming up pretty soon. But, um, yeah, uh, nothing. Oh, South African pod is going to be recording tomorrow night. Oh, so have fun. A Who's on? Who's on? Uh, we've got Mike and Lloyd for sure. And we've also got a very special guest. Ah. Secret. So keep your it's ears It's basically on. the most R-rated pod in AI history. It's the <laughs> South African pod. It drops like Stu's language a magnitude of like ten. It's incredible. Yeah, even I think it's over the top, and that's saying something. Because I swear, <laughs> wow, to everyone. I'm sure. I'm sure our guest's gonna really inch. It's a very serious guest. Very honoured to have the guest on. Oh, you've been all <laughs> secret. I'm taking lots of pains to mention that. I'm thinking of famous South African footballers and going for Lucas Radibi. No, he's not Liverpool-based. Who could it be? Who was that guy that scored that incredible goal at the World Cup? No, it's not him. Nah, you know. We'll see. We'll wait and see. We will. Um, anything Anything you want to put out there, Rory, before we, we do our usual self-congratulating, whoring bit? No, I, I'm going to write. There's something, a bit of a new revelation to the guys that might listen to this, and we've not discussed it yet, but we've got people who are interested in writing for us. Stu, we've really made it. Like We've got people who are interested in writing just for us. So 433 Chris... There's one or two others, I believe, that that popped up this week. So we may be expanding our our Tumblr page a little bit in 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 new you know weeks to come, which is really good. Um, we are going to kind of work a little bit more on that. Stu put out a really good no spoiler review for Civil War, um, which must have been the hardest thing he's ever done. It, re- uh, it actually was. I, there was a couple of times when I went back and had to delete things. Going, it's a little bit too spoilery. <laughs> I really um, wanted to. I just wanted to spoiler it for everyone, but it's not fair. Not everyone's as dedicated and cool as we are. Uh, and then we're going to finally do our Batman versus Superman follow-up probably next week, I hope, uh, with the wonderful Marco Lopez. And we're getting Joe Simpson back on board, which would be really good. And then, yeah, we've got loads of plans, as always, which is good. So Yeah, as we always do, we'll finish off with a little... Um, at Twitter, we are obviously at AI Comic Pod. We are facebook.com slash AI Comic Pod. And we've got AI Comic Pod.tumblr.com, which, as Rory said, we, we've written a couple of bits ourselves. We're incredibly pleased that people want to write for us, which just sounds brilliant. The more writing we can do, the better, I think, because a, a lot of people have been asking, you know, will we write reviews? And 
it seems like a good way of doing it. We can write more than we can speak because obviously when, when we review these films on, on pods, we've got to cover it, you know, in an hour. Whereas the writing, I mean, I, I spent probably just half an hour writing that one the other day and it was, it barely scratched the surface. So God alone knows what it's going to be when, when we actually can really delve into Civil War on a, on a granular level. If you haven't been and seen Civil War, please do go and watch it. It, it, it lives up to the hype. It is as brilliant as you expect it to be. And we'll be doing a full review of it in about three or four weeks' time. We, yeah, we, the, the soonest we can get that past Gags, the better. Yeah, as soon about, as Gags will let us, as soon as he lets us off the lead, we will be doing a full review. And Gags is probably going to be wanting to come on and do it. We might, I think, we'll, oh, have, a raffle. we'll, we'll, have, a, we'll have a raffle to see who's going to come on and do it. Well, Gags, Gags probably in this spot. So, well, pretty much has because he basically technically bankrolls this if you're looking at it from that perspective. Well, so. if you want to be all technical and like factual, then yeah, obviously. <laughs> God. Oh, this is as bad as having to read about stats. <laughs> <laughs> Pressing stats, pressing stats. Yeah. <laughs> right, on that so note... You've just, on that note, we're gone now. On, on so that note, yeah, we'll see you later. It's been a pleasure. 14 episodes. Well done. Right, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll, we'll catch you next time. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.